WTOCAM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection, brought to you by Child's Advocates. Your voice, their future, on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Thursday, September the 7th. And again, another programming note. Tomorrow we will have a special show dedicated entirely uh, to talking about suicide prevention and awareness. Uh, You've been hearing our commercials. We're going to stop the music. We're going to stop just everything and have, you know, once again, uh, an annual uh, conversation about mental health, mental wellness, and uh, resources and ways that we can um, help more in the battle against uh, suicide, especially among our young, uh, which by the numbers are very concerning, our young African Americans, our young Hispanics, our young people of color uh, are suffering greatly uh, from uh, from from mental illness and and lack of access and stigmas associated with the same. So we're going to keep the conversation going um, and uh, throughout the show tomorrow. So we hope you can join us. Um, On our show today, it is opening day for the NFL's 2023-24 season. Uh, It starts tonight. Um, Primetime game on NBC, uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. Uh, The Colts, they kick off uh, for the first time this season on Sunday. Um, Our sports guy with the Indianapolis Recorder, Danny Bridges, is going to be in to give us all the latest on the Colts, uh, some stuff on the Pacers, and more in our second second hour. Um, Also in our second hour, can a bicycle help mold a young life into a contributing member of society? Well, there's a local organization that says absolutely, absolutely, and that they have proof. We'll hear from them again. uh, That's coming up uh, in our second hour. Right now, we have a little time for open lines, 317-239-1310, For whatever is on your mind, just a bit of a continuation of our uh, open line show yesterday. I know we had a number of folks on the line. Hope everyone got through, but if you didn't, now's your chance. Um, we've got a little bit of time for open lines, 317-239-1310. As we promised on the air yesterday, we have some more Circle City Classic tickets to give away today. And it's just as simple as it can be. All you have to do is text the word classic to the number 37890. Again, Text the word classic, C-L-A-S-S-I-C, classic, to the number 37890. If you win, you will receive a pair of tickets to the Circle City Classic football game uh, featuring Mississippi Valley State University and North Carolina Central University. That's coming up Saturday, September 23. Third, 3 o'clock at Lucas Oil Stadium. Tickets for Classic are now on sale at the Lucas Oil Stadium box office and Ticketmaster.com. But if you want to win a couple of free ones, by all means, go ahead. All you have to do is text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890 for your chance to win two tickets to this year's Circle City Classic football game at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, 
again, uh, our lines are open, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310, for whatever's on your mind, whatever you may want to talk about. I, uh, yeah, I keep getting these, and, and I haven't had a chance to sit down and actually uh, dive into it. It's just as, as a matter of interest, but... Uh, the federal, uh, the, the the Southern District for the state of Indiana, um, Zachary Myers, the um, U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Indiana, they have um, charged 21 people uh, in drug trafficking and dog fighting here in Indianapolis and Central Indiana. 21 folks. Um, We've heard a lot about fentanyl and the dangers and the fact that it is just so prevalent out there, uh, a big problem uh, with deaths, overdoses, and and uh, crime in general, fentanyl. Uh, but I I have to admit, I'm not familiar with, I wasn't familiar with dogfighting until um, I read a little bit about it. Um, the, I... I what I don't understand the money is and this dog fighting. I'm assuming that's what Michael Vick went to prison for because it is a federal offense. A uh, former football player, uh, Michael Vick, Mike Vick. Um, I believe it might have been um, dog fighting uh, ring or something, if I'm not mistaken. But the, this dog fighting, uh, I had no idea that it was so prevalent here. Uh, you know, in this area, not that I would, because it's an underground type of thing. Of course, it's illegal. Um, and what's the point? You have dogs fighting, and what do you do? Put money on it? Gamble? What, what do you do? Um, and so I pulled up this sheet uh, that says the facts about dog fighting. And, it, you know, in its simplest form, it says dog fighting is where dogs who have been bred, conditioned, and trained to fight are placed in a pit to fight each other for spectator entertainment and profit. So, profit. so obviously, there's money. Uh, that goes on these. Uh, fights average one to two hours ending when one of the dogs cannot continue. And I'm thinking, is that when one of the dogs can't continue, one of the dogs dies? I mean, do they... You, I mean, any of you who know anything about this, um, give me some help. Uh, what What is it that... Uh, yeah, I, maybe there's a profit that I'm not quite familiar. I, I, I guess... Um, I'm not real up on it, but for whatever uh, it is, uh, the feds are coming down hard. They had a very extensive investigation, and rightfully so. Uh, if if the brutalities of this are as they appear, uh, you know, according to this fact sheet um, about dogfighting um, and the profit, what, what kind of profit? But, and what is the, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, anyway, 21 folks here uh, and throughout central Indiana have been charged uh, because I, I think one of the other things about dogfighting is the criminality that, that takes place surrounding it, like the drugs and the weapons and uh, some of the other things. And so uh, the dogfighting was just one part of the investigation. There were some weapons charged, drug charging uh, weapons and some other things. But... Um, 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess this must, you know, like everything else, this is everywhere. I just did not know that there was so much of it uh, in this part of the country. I don't know where I would think it was going to be. I just didn't know that this area was prime uh, for um, dogfighting and uh, everything that surrounds it. 317-239-1310. If you want to enlighten me, please, by all means, do that. If you want to talk about something else free to do that as well this just this caught my eye uh the 21 folks they've got two more uh that they released the names of two more people that they released today uh that they want to uh to to arrest uh two other folks have been charged with this as well uh laura go ahead how are you good afternoon Tina. good afternoon hi uh, when you were talking about the dog fighting and um, you were trying to understand, you know, that's the same thing that Michael Vick said. That's before. what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. He, he must I have had a really, he must have had quite an operation going there because he, he spent, he got he got a lengthy sentence for that. Yes, he did. And, of course, I, I cannot recall he was saying that it wasn't his so much as it was cousins and other people, but I think it was his property or something. I don't know. But they, yeah, he was facilitating. They were using his property and his uh, resources to facilitate. Uh, the, it's coming back to me now to facilitate this operation that was making money hand over probably, fist. It, it probably got too profitable, which is how come it became or how it came to the attention of the feds or, or whoever uh, to the attention of law enforcement. And I'm not quite sure how this particular uh, operation started to unravel, but I would suspect that with drugs and weapons and dogfighting that, yeah, something's going to get out there. Um, I think it was, I thought, I think from what I recall, it was initially was about the drugs that yeah. uncovered mm-hmm. the dogfighting. Um, but it's unfortunate, I mean, dogfighting is, is old, old, way, way back. I remember reading, I was reading about it, as like you inquiring when this happened to Michael Vick. So it's an old, old uh, method of some type, I guess you'd call it a gambling, but... Gambling, but uh, entertainment where dogs fight to the death? I, I mean, know, it's, it's, it's just... A, it's uh, animals. It is animalist. It's, ugh. And then the dog, I, the, 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 the breed that they choose, you know, then um, it's almost like a wild animal after that, because from what I understand, it, it looks for the predator of the blood now, you know, because uh, of the fighting, but I don't know how true that is, but... That's terrible. That I mean, that's like pitting kids against each other. Why would you do that? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't understand that. But um, uh, it's just horrible. But uh, the other thing I wanted to say, I had called in uh, when you had Mr. Shreve on there. And so I made my comment, but I got cut off, and I never did hear the results of it. I had asked if the people, the two black women that he has in his commercials, if these were props, or did he actually know or have a relationship, you know, as far as knowing the history of these women and their law? So I don't know. You might not remember his reply or response. But Well, I don't think anybody was cut off. When you say cut off, what do you mean? Uh, because I think if I recall. I him, but yeah. then my, it just, I just cut off. So I didn't get to hear on my side. I'm, I'm on my side, not your side, my side. Oh. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was my phone or whatever, but. He, I, I believe, I don't want to misrepresent anything here. So just, but I believe he said, no, he did not know uh, the women, but that he had met them. Uh, and uh, I think there was a follow-up question uh, as to whether or not he was 
uh, using uh, black women uh, to get his point across about crime. And he came back at it a little bit in that he said, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but something to the effect Uh that uh, too many black women are losing their children and family members and whatever to this crime that's in the street. So, yes, I was specifically talking to, I mean, so he, he kind of, uh, basically admitted that the you know he was targeting the demographic of of African American women, but he did not know the woman. He did say uh, because I think somebody asked about paid or whatever. He did say that he did not pay the woman to do the commercial. Okay, um, I just noticed the commercials had kind of mm-hmm. changed. The women don't talk in it anymore. Those two in particular, mm-hmm. they just show their faces and then they go on to talk about crime. And guns, but um, I just thought it was interesting. I, it may not have anything to do with any of the questions from that from your show, but now the commercials have kind of changed a little bit. Well, and then you know what? They're going to change. I think the Hawkset campaign sent out yet another one. I don't know if you heard our show or not, but we're still waiting to hear about you know other debates. But we do know that there's going to be two televised debates this campaign season between Shreve and Hogsett, one on Fox 59 and the other on Wish TV. Um, well, I know. I Wish TV, yeah. Yeah, well, Fox 59, they haven't released the final details. Uh, there have been other requests, including uh, from a group that involves us here at the Indianapolis stations of Radio 1. Uh, and then uh, someone from the African-American coalition was on the other day, and they said that they had um, received uh, uh, communication that that there would likely or probably be uh, some form of a debate. But as far as televised, there aren't going to be any more other than Fox and um, Wish. Now, as far as maybe radio or web broadcast we don't know that's still up in the air but we're still okay. waiting to hear um to hear about that so i i, I don't i mean i really don't know but okay, he, he did may, say have, okay go ahead go ahead questions. go ahead um and it might be it's more of a james question but not saying that you don't have knowledge of it but i was no he has knowledge i don't i'm gonna admit that <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has knowledge i, don't. <laughs> I was hearing yesterday that may that trump uh, of the the prosecutor's case may get all blown apart, and I don't know if it's because she's trying to do them all at once, or is it something else happen, um, or do you know? My understanding is some of the defendants have requested to be extricated from the group, uh, and, and have their try their their uh, cases heard separately, and she is trying to hold them together as a group. Uh, and so that's that's my what. So I'm trying to figure out what you're. I, I don't think anything is blown up in terms of what she has done. It's just that they are trying to separate themselves from the pack, so that okay. yeah, they they want it. They want their own, so to speak. Wouldn't they be stronger together if they were going to tell? No, she lie? would be. She would be stronger together because that proves concern. Conspiracy and Rico, uh, yeah, she would be stronger together because it shows that I, I think the picture that it paints is all of these people combined did this. It, this one had this role, this one had that role, and I want them all right here in front of me to show you how many people it took to carry out this conspiracy. So for her, it's a great picture. Uh, for the okay. courts, it could be a nightmare trying to get uh, 
Uh, 19 defendants with 19 attorneys and things of that nature all in the courtroom at the same time and 19 attorneys having to say so about picking a jury and things of that nature but no she she's not afraid uh, yeah Fonnie Willis the the district attorney Fulton County DA she's not afraid of it at all they are afraid of it that's why they want to uh, to pull away and and have their case okay. separated so um, I James probably will know some more intricacies about that but uh, overall, that's kind of how I see, how I understand it to be. Hey, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. All righty. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, GT, go ahead. How are you? Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm just hope, prayful and hopeful that uh, uh, Marion County residents and everyone in, in, in America utilize their uh, cell phones that have uh, internet service where you can Google things, i.e., uh, in reference to the, mm-hmm. uh, the court hearing that happened yesterday mm-hmm. and recap things on YouTube and or uh, research what who is their uh, city councilman for their district and, and uh, if they need assistance for gas or housing or whatever. I mean, just, it's, it's, it's readily available. You know, some of the mm. questions that I hear – since, uh, you know, the last year, it's just something I'm not sure, you know, they don't know how to use it. Because that's, that's one thing my friend always kept telling me. Google it. Google it. Or go on YouTube. And, you know, there's a lot of things that's, that's readily available. Yeah. That's something I want to bring up. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely utilize the uh, handheld computers that we call telephones because that's kind of what they are. They're handheld uh, computers. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Uh, started, I mean, you can talk about whatever's on your mind. Uh, what was on my mind uh, right as we sat down for the show was uh, these these breaking news alerts about how the, uh, the feds uh, are going after um, 21 people in central Indiana for dogfighting, drugs, and uh, weapons charges. This dogfighting thing is, it, it just kind of blows me away because I've never really uh, taken the time to, to, to look at exactly what it is, and it is ugly. It is so ugly. Uh, 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Lines are open. Uh, Ron, go ahead. How are you? Lovely, Tina. Like always, I'm super, and I want you to know I love you. Praying for my buddy James. Tina, uh, it I don't. I, I hate to bring this up, but just go back to Mike Vick. Uh, that's the end of that conversation about dogfighting. Tina, uh, in our upcoming battle for mayor, I wish they would stop talking about one another so much, as well as uh, I, I guess if you're going to fix the crimes, you're going to fix it. But I don't think either one of them can. What I really want to hear: What are you doing about our streets? Uh, as as mayor, you've been seven years deep. You you know. Well, then tell us what you've done. Uh, I noticed in your commercials you target black people as much as, I guess, Shreve is. But I want to know, when he comes on, if I don't get the call in, I hope you will ask him, what has he done? What are his accomplishments over those years that make us want to vote for him again? Uh, Somebody asked Shreve, how many black people did you hire over 100000 making $100,000? You got a, a city that is much larger than Shreve's company. Mayor, how many black people do you have on, on your staff that are making over $100,000? Let's make this 
more so, it, 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 I don't care about that. What I really want to care about is what are you going to do about our streets? What are those things that the mayor can actually do something about? Are you going to do? And maybe why haven't you? I don't care about your abortion. I don't care about your your gun laws because neither one of you can do anything about those. That is a state house issue. What I am more concerned about: What can you do for me here in Indianapolis? Make sure you ask that for me, Tina. I appreciate it. You take care. Have a fun-filled weekend. God bless. All right. Thank you, Ron. Uh, 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Whatever is on your mind. Lines are open. Lines are open until, oh, the top of the hour, I guess. Um, And uh, then a little bit later, going to be talking with uh, Danny Bridges with the Indianapolis Recorder. Um, Also going to be talking with an organization that says uh, turning around youth can be as simple as a bicycle, giving them a bicycle. I I find that concept very, very interesting and, you know, certainly looking forward to hearing uh, a little bit more about that. That's going to be in our second hour. But right now, this hour, open lines, 317-239-1310. I started out talking about the U.S. Attorney's Office announcing federal charges against 21 people in a drug trafficking and dogfighting um, investigation right here uh, throughout central Indiana. Um, of the 21 charged, it says here from the AP, um, federal agents arrested 18 and seized more than 40 firearms, fentanyl, methamphetamine, cocaine, and approximately 90 dogs. 90 dogs. Oh, wow. That have been bred and trained to kill. Bred and trained to kill so that they, when they fight, they fight to the death, each other to the death. Uh... And there's money to be made in that particular racket, so to speak. Vanessa, go ahead. How are you? Yes, my name is Vanessa. Vanessa, I'm uh, sorry. I'm what sorry. What hit me was about your uh, dog fighting 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it happened 22 years ago. I lived here, and they stole my mom's dog. Well, me and my brother, that's back when we used to get high. I don't anymore, but they, my brother told me, do not go where they're at. And they, they, uh, you might want, you know what, Vanessa, you might want to turn down your radio. I think you can hear us a little better. Okay. Can you do that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, just a second. Okay, that's good. Yes, ma'am, Tina. There you go. There you go. The fighting has been happening for a long time, and I'm very, very happy that they are finally getting somebody to do something about it because my brother said we, me and my mom couldn't do anything because we brought the dog from Bloomington. It was a pit bull. And it was as tame and loving as could be. And they stole it off our front lawn. Oh, and trained it and, for dog fighting. Yes. We knew it was because the man that sold drugs was, you know, he took it. Why do uh, they why well, why do they use pit bulls so much for dog fighting? May I ask that? I mean, I know that's probably a because that's a prevalent dog in this state. Okay, I'm from Colorado, and the, the uh, other dogs are more prevalent there. Like but, what? Uh, for this one, 
what else was I going to say? Um, suicide. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm 59. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not trying to put down the lines, but could we get a clear line, not on the phone, because there's a lot of people, that, you know, that just have to call, mm-hmm. not do the online stuff. And I called the suicide line, and I, I guarantee you I was on there for an hour and a half. What, waiting? Yes, I'm I'm 59 years sober, mm-hmm. and I called the MHS suicide line. I don't know if I'm supposed Did to Did you dial 988? No, I dialed my regular medical, and they sent, kept sending me places. Mm. All I wanted was a spiritual counselor. Mm-hmm. I've been looking for this for months now. Hmm. Anyway, they need a direct line you can call and get somebody in 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, well... My friend used to run a line, and if you can't get somebody quick, then there's no sense of Yeah, what's the point? It defeats the purpose. Well, that's why this 988, this national line, and and please call that uh, and see what success you have. Well, I was in a bad spot then. I'm I'm 24 years in recovery. Mm-hmm. And I was in a really bad spot at the time because my brother died. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I just wanted to say all that and that God bless y'all. And please remember, those guys need to go down because they, they've been doing it for years. And I yeah. have not heard one thing about it. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, I want you to remember this number uh, in in case you ever get in that spot, or even if you're not in that spot and just want to talk, 988 um, is a national number that they put into play uh, about a year or two ago. And with some adjustments and some other things, my understanding is I think it's working pretty well. Uh, okay. And well, then the other good. the other number you can either call nine eight eight or you call two one one and ask for the resources and they can give you um, the resources. There's the uh, our our sponsor, the Sandra Eskenazi Medical Health Center. Um, yes. By the time then, a person, especially a young person, because I'm fifty nine and mm-hmm. I did this like six months ago. Especially a young person uh-huh. didn't give up. If they had a handful of pills or something, they're just going to give up. Yeah. By the time we don't want that. Minutes go by. Yeah, we don't want and that. A bunch of co- different contacts, just one or two. You know, they yeah. can handle one or two. Yeah. Because I I tried it when I was younger, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. But it doesn't matter. God saved me, mm-hmm. and then God saved me. Now mm-hmm. I was just contemplating. I, I I could have did it, but I didn't. Right. Get ready. Right. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. So I'm very happy that you uh, got that national line going. And I will definitely try it just so I can tell yeah. some of my friends. Because there, there, uh, there, I have there. a lot of people mm-hmm. I know out there homeless and everything else, not even just homeless, uh, teens and 20s mm-hmm. that contemplated every day. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I'm really happy that they're getting them in jail and 
very happy you have a national line. And thank you so much, Tina. All right. Thank you, Vanessa. And don't forget, 988 Suicide uh, uh, Emergency Hotline and 211 uh, for any resources that you may be looking for, okay? Okay. Also, I wanted to say something else. My brother, Adrian Henley, got killed in a tent fire. But oh, it, no. it was also an overdose. And oh, they're trying goodness. to say it wasn't. So I, I just, God bless, and thank you very much. All right. I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. And um, we're, we're, we're going to take a quick break here. If you're on the line, stay right there. We're going to get to you right after this break. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we are back with Community Connection. Open lines uh, till the top of the hour. Open lines until the top of the hour. 317-239-1310. Been talking about a couple of things, a little politics, local politics. Uh, talking about how active the uh, the feds have been uh, over these last several days in uh, hauling in uh, 21 people, uh, charging them in drug tra- charging them with drug trafficking, uh, dog fighting, uh, and uh, weapons uh, charges. So uh, you know a lot to talk about there. Uh, I'm learning more as we speak about the horrific uh, sport, if you want to call it that, of uh, dog fighting. I just, you know, uh, one of our callers says it's been around for a long time, and I don't doubt that. I'm just wondering what has kept it around for so long because it's so ugly, so brutal, and so inhumane. Anyway, uh, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Brother Man, Brother Man, how are you? Hey, Tina, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantabulous today. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. I'm still here. Well, <laughs> I love that. A lot of them dog bites, uh, that's connected to uh, that drug thing. Yeah, that's what it appears to be. You know, that's interesting because they don't, it doesn't seem to happen in a vacuum. It t- seems to be uh, always or typically tied to something else and primarily drugs. But in this case, here in Indiana, it looks like, according to reports, is drugs and weapons. Yeah, and it's a federal charge, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why the feds are doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And about that mayor, uh, I don't think that uh, Shreves, I guess that's his name, could be Mm -hmm. the mayor for this city because of the connections he got with the NRA and the previous president. Mm -hmm. So we need to think about that before we go and just change uh, mayors because we want another mayor thinking that the crime is going to change. Mm-hmm. The crime ain't going to change till we start reporting what we see. I know it's dangerous, mm-hmm. but it's something kind of, somebody got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I, don't, I don't know. Mm. If they don't start reporting what they see, people walking around out there shooting people at a block party, the people ain't bothering nobody. Having fun and eating. That ain't right. No. We got, we got to put a stop to that. Yeah. How, how do you think we should put it? How do you think we can? Let me ask you this. How do you think that we can put a stop to it, brother man? Well, one brother I had mentioned, but you said it takes the governor to do it. I think the National Guard. Oh, okay. Step in until it gets better. Yeah. And if it gets better, then they can let them go ahead back to the base. 
But the mm-hmm. thing of it is, they don't have enough police to watch all these guys with these guns. And most of them are cowards because anytime you shoot a man, he ain't got a gun, you're a coward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what that is. That's a coward. Yeah, but they don't care. Call them a coward. They, you know, yeah. the, the main thing they want to do is get away with it. They don't really yeah. care the designation. Well, they they just... If you're going to put somebody else's light out mm-hmm. for no reason at all because you don't like them or because they got on the wrong color shoes, it's, it's pitiful. Mm-hmm. It is. It truly is. I don't know what to say. But, yeah, and you know what? There, there's not, there's, it, I mean, I... I can't say that we may never see that because some cities are getting to that point and Indianapolis may be one of them. We may like, you know what? It's, 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 could we see that? Possibly anything's possible. You know, I hope hope they wake up and the, and the governor and that, uh, uh, state Senate, they did wrong about cutting off that, uh, a license thing for a gun permit, they should never did that. That mm. made it worse. Yeah, well, they don't, I don't know. And look what they're doing. It seems like our people don't know how to be free. You're free, you can get a job, you can work and get money, and you want to go around killing people because you don't like them. Mm. don't make sense. No, it doesn't. No, it does not, brother man. And very good point you just made there. You know, can't stand prosperity. Can <laughs> some of us can't can't stand a can't stand a yes. You're right. Yeah, but mm. all right, brother man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Lines are open till the top of the hour. Uh, Bobby, go ahead. How are you? Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Um, one thing about a pit bull is that is a very, very, very uh, bad dog because it's 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 almost trained for fighting, and the, the the strength that they have in their mouth is also bad for if they get you at the wrong place, they can kill you. Mm-hmm. I remember I I drive trucks, and I've been driving trucks a while, but back in I don't know if it's uh, decades of the 80s or 90s, it got so bad down there in Cincinnati that they banned that that particular type of dog. Mm. I don't know if the ban is still there or not, mm-hmm. but I do remember when they did that, mm-hmm. and you know because those dogs are so vicious, and they train those dogs like they said they might pump drugs in them. Who knows? But they train those dogs to be like that. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Well, yeah, and uh, yeah, they are. Tra- we, we know that for a fact that they are trained uh, to be that way. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Pierre, go ahead. How are you? Oh, good afternoon, Tina. I missed your um, interview with Jefferson Shreve. Mm. Um, but I was calling to see, uh, did he or in the mayor, um, I don't know if he had Hawkset on yet, but uh, at, did they offer up any plans to um, clean up uh, downtown in terms of, you know, uh, folks sleeping on the street and all of that? Now, I'm not a heartless person, you know, because y'all may see Pierre down there one day sleeping on the streets uh, mm. downtown. Uh, any so, of us, uh, any of us, we all have to be grateful uh, yeah, for what we have. Yeah, so, so um, 
you know, I know Cincinnati had a plan for the people that they, uh, when they got rid of their homeless tents and all of that, we ain't got that down there yet, but um, some parts are starting to, they, they trying it, uh, sleeping in the parks and all of that. And then the other question I had was, if you knew anything about this um, third charter school going into um, IPS uh, boundaries on the west side by uh, Purdue Polytechnic, you know, the people out there in Pike told them to pound sand. So now they're trying to get as close as they can, uh, you know, on the wood, opening up another charter school. So I didn't know if you knew anything about that. And um, I'll take it off the air. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thank you, Pierre. And no, I had not heard about that, but I will certainly uh, look it up and see what more uh, that I can find out. I'm, I'm not su- surprised that there are more uh, because they're very profitable. Um as a private business entity, and, and you hate to say that, but in so many ways, um, if they if they weren't profitable, there wouldn't be so many of them out there. Uh, now, some of them are doing good. Uh, you know, again, we're not just blanketly uh, putting down charter schools. We would never do that. We don't want to do that. But uh, when you look at some of the business models uh, behind that, there that's where the problems fall. That's where the problems lie. The business models. Uh, Trina, go ahead. How are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I was just calling in. Um, I know we speak a lot about the violence that's in the city, and I often people hear people say um, the mayor needs to do something about it. But mm-hmm. in actuality, we are really dealing with the spiritual warfare. You know, like these people, um, it's just evil and is accustomed to violence. You know, and um, I really do believe that it begins in a home. But as well as that, we have kids that are raised by parents that's into violence. So how how can you get a hold of that besides going to actual neighborhoods, literally knocking on people's doors, um, really trying to take a, a different approach, you know, uh, with this violence? These young people, um, they don't care and they're heartless. You know, and, and what can a mayor do about people that's heartless? And even with the guns, they they often say, well, how do they get hold of guns? These kids been getting hold of guns. You don't have to have be 18 years old. You don't have to go to a gun store to buy a gun. Like, they just giving it to each other in the streets. They getting it from their parents. They getting it from their friends. Like, we're really dealing with the spiritual warfare, what, what I think the city needs to do, the man, everybody. Everybody needs to really get into prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I really do believe that they really need to get into prayer. We really need to start praying to do some change. And even with them making the guns legal, that was just crazy for them to do that. It was beyond crazy. And the uh, the influx of guns into communities, including uh, communities of color, is, is criminal. It, it's just absolutely criminal. And so that would be one place to start with with would be just to stemming that you know just stopping or slowing down the flow of guns and then changing the culture like you said you know perhaps um uh with well prayer always helps i mean you never don't pray so you know what i'm saying right. you never don't prayer always is key and slowly but surely you can start to change the culture around what a gun is what it's for and 
and what what our people are and what we are for. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, we have to start valuing each other uh, more than just uh, bam, bam, bang, bang. I mean, it just we had a very tragic uh, so many people. There were several. Uh, yeah. Over the last ten days, who have died senselessly and needlessly, uh, but there was one person that that uh, that passed away that was out there working, trying to stop exactly what he died in. You know, it, exactly how he was killed was what he was out there trying to stop. Um, not to say that the other ones were any you know any less significant, because every one of them is significant. But you know, when you have people turning on folks who are trying to help them. Uh, it's just, it's just really, it's really sad. Um, yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. And um, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I think that you know, like I said, slowing down the the influx of illegal guns into communities where they don't need in any place where they don't need to be. I think that's a good head start. But how can we do that when we got lawmakers that says everybody get one? Okay, everybody, it's a party, it's a gun party. Everybody get a gun. You know, and right. you don't have to do this and don't have to do that. Well, that just threw you know threw uh, gasoline on the fire. It was already yeah. there, so, you know. Yeah, even with the young people, how they have access to these guns. Uh-huh. You know, these kids at school, how they just have access to these guns. Like, they, they buy guns online. You know, I'm a mother of a, a young man. He's 25 now, and thank God that he got himself together. But even when he was younger, he used to tell me about that. Like, it's easy for these kids to get guns. Yeah, That's why they got them. Yeah. It's like it's not hard for these kids to get guns. You could buy them online. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just so. It, it's you can get a gun easier, and you can get a job. I tell you that these kids can get a job. Absolutely, yeah. you could get a gun easier, and I really do believe like just really changing a mindset. You know, like mm-hmm. that's what the change of the mindset is what needs to be done. That's true. You know, how can we do it? I have no idea because it's getting it's out of control. And not only in Indiana, it's all over the world. Absolutely. That's what's so yeah. sad about it. Like this, this mm-hmm. is when they say like we living in the, in the end days, like this is ludicrous. It's mm-hmm. all over the world how these young men is just killing each other, killing families, you know, killing sisters. Just, just, it's the I really do believe mental health have a lot to do with that, and 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 it's evil. Yeah, it it truly. We we just have to stay after it, Trina. And your thank you for your call. Your call is uh, and 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 others are are very important, and we need to we we need to know. William, go ahead. How are you? How are you doing, Miss Tina? I'm doing fine, sir. How are uh, you? I hope that James is working today. James is not. James will be back next week. He's oh, okay. yeah, he's still recovering oh. from uh, COVID. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a, it's a shame the way that we have thrown our kids away. You know, our children. Mm-hmm. We have thrown our children away. We want somebody else to take responsibility in in causing our children to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I don't know whether you have a large yard or not. But I don't care how beautiful your yard is. If you allow your yard your yard to go for a year, uh, down the line, I always find a way to to find a spot to start in your yard, and the weeds will begin to grow in your yard if you just let it go a year. We cannot allow our children. To go, yeah. we gotta we gotta discipline 
we got to discipline our children. We got to talk to them. Yeah. I don't know. I, every morning when my children were growing up, one of the things they got for me was a great big hug and a kiss. Mm. And I always let them know, you know, that I love them. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it wasn't the, you know, wasn't, wasn't a reward by giving them expensive shoes and, and other type of clothing or other type of gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not about that. It's letting them know that you truly care about them mm-hmm. and that you have their back if they were right. But if they were wrong, then they have to spend the, the discipline of the punishment, whatever it is. Makes my, sense. Father, my father used to say this. I'm going to say this and I'm going to listen. <laughs> uh, my father used to say this. He said, decisions are made, consequences are given. He said, you got to make sure that you're not ready to suffer the consequences for the decision that you make. Wow. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And he really he really meant that uh, my father was he wasn't he wasn't a manner, but he had one of those manner belts. And I don't know whether you know anything about that. Uh, it was a thick belt and they really knew how to use them. <laughs> you know. Uh, bring your discipline to the children. Let the children know that you really care about them. And uh, and you are looking out for their best interests in this world and their be- and their well being. So we gotta let them know. Kiss their kids in the morning. Mm-hmm. Give them a big hug, and you kiss them when you come in at night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and let them know that you really care about them. Indeed. Yeah. All righty, William. Thank you. Good uh, good words, good food for thought. You always, uh, you know, love never fails, you know, just showing it and giving it to them. Thank you, William. Appreciate you. Uh, Clarice, go ahead. How are you? Uh, good afternoon, Latina. Uh, in reference to the one of the callers, one of the, the last female caller, um, let's be honest with each other. America, primarily America in the world, have a gun issue. Mm-hmm. It is not the world, it is America. And number two, uh, blacks need to account for each other. Number three, we if it if it if we really feel as though for Christians, if we really feel as though this is the end of time, the last days, if we really believe it, you have to get used to it. It's gonna get worse. Point blank. Number four. Tina, I have a question for you. If you really believe that this is the last days and the end of time, uh, I don't. I guess I really should ask the question because it might be somewhat personal to you. But do your pastor teach about uh, the warnings of false prophets and false teachers who might try to lead you astray? And did they teach you who who they are currently and or the signs and the their fruits of the spirit of, of who you can tell? If that's the case, I'd like for you to uh, expound upon that. What, uh, I'm not sure I understand the question because you, you were asking me if I really believe that these are the last days. And then you yeah. asked, do, do I really? I'm, 
I don't know that I would say, I, I don't know, but, you know, I've had a number of teachings uh, throughout my life um, about the last days. I mean, pastors teach Revelation, they teach Genesis, I mean, from, and, and so, yes, I've had, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of teaching. I've, I've done some, you know, not very well, but done a little bit of teaching, uh, you know, several years ago uh, with like history, church history, things like that. And then even younger, when I was younger, the, the younger kids. But but I, I'm not quite sure what your question is. The question, the question is for, for all the viewers who are churchgoers, it is so rich, meaning ironic that uh, these pastors and, and these Christians who feel as though this is the last days and times of of the world, uh, you're surprised that we're going through tribulation here. I don't. I don't think anybody. America. No, no. Listen to me, Tina. And then the last thing is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the last point is kind of off the subject, but it's on the subject. For the last days, primarily, Paul was talking about false teachers and false prophets. For some reason, I have not been taught even though I already know, but I'm asking you and your listeners, have your pastor teach you on who is currently supposedly is and what are the signs? So are you saying that you firmly, you firmly believe that these are the last days? Uh, yes, it is, and it's not going to get any better. You firm, Okay, well, okay. That- through prayer, because prayer was all work. But still, you can keep, keep, keep people keep bringing up prayer, 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 but where is the work? Where is the actual action? Yes, you got to pray. God already knows what we need. You so, so what? So you think that sermons on more sermons on the last days would be helpful? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That that would be up to the individual pastors. No, and the, no. If we, if these pastors and, and, and you and or me who believe this is the last days and there's no teachers, well, okay, on these false teachers and these these demigods, then they are doing you and us a disservice. I'm all about accountability, Tina. I, I'm <laughs> and it's Christians and, it, and also us Christians. Stop putting our head in the sand. It's not going to get any better if we really believe this is the last day. But that, but you, the the premise that you are saying is, I've not heard you have said you believe these are the last days. And I can I be honest with you, Clarice? From the time I was five years old or four years old or whatever, old enough to understand a sermon, and I've lived some decades now, okay? I have been hearing these are the last days. We are in the final days. I'm not five anymore. I'm not 10. I'm not 20. I'm not 30. And yet, and still, so you you hear, you can hear that, but I think it's all, uh, and I'm no theologian or not, but I, I think it's all relative, and I think it depends on the context in which you want to use that particular teaching. So... Okay. I'm with you. Okay, so uh, I I don't know that uh, as a uh, a parishioner or a, as a church goer or whatever that demanding that pastors preach this sermon when and and how often. And not demanding is just the fact that well, not demanding is the fact that they bring up and if and if that's the case, I'm with you. Then they need to clarify what they mean. Then, like you said for me. Do you really believe that? Because again, yeah, as you, if you, if I'm fit, if I'm 44 and and I've been hearing it since I was five or six in church in the last days, then what do you mean, Pastor? 
Well, it's not just... Oh, okay. All right. Okay, Clarice, we got a break for a commercial because we're, we're way over, but thank you for the uh, for the conversation and for the, the food for thought. Uh, there, there was a whole lot in there mixed up that I couldn't get uh, entirely pulled apart, but we got we to take a quick break right now. We'll be back with uh, more Community Connection right after this. WTLC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection, brought to you by Child's Advocates. Your voice, their future, on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection. Just had one uh, one call left over from uh, our last segment. I'll get to, let me get to that one. Uh, and then we're going to give away a couple of tickets, and then we're going to go to our next guest. Go ahead, um, Anonymous, go ahead. Hi, I would just like to comment on the last three callers just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, maybe the very last caller is speaking about the last and evil days. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say that from the moment you're born, you're dying. So mm-hmm. let's just chew on that, and then I'll leave that alone. So, And then the, uh, the gentleman that called and said, you know, to kiss your children and mm-hmm. hug them every morning. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. Love covers a multitude mm-hmm. of sin. And a lot of these uh, youngsters these days are so violent and radical is because they're not being shown any love. And they don't know what love is. They don't know what respect is. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to demonstrate something that you're not uh, aware of? So that has a lot to do with it. And the, the gun, uh, you know, guns so readily available is what they're seeing the most of. Mm-hmm. But I think that our main concern needs to be with the caller previous to the, the gentleman when she said we need to be praying more. As the Bible says pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And so here's where that we as Christians may have been let down, the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. See, if those young people would learn to use their words and their God-given gift of speech, of the tongue, the death and life is in the power of the tongue. We're not using our word, the word. We are living beneath our means because we're not using the word of God in the way that we should. So I feel that, like she said, if more of us would really pray and and labor for uh, the world and the, the things of the world, I think things would be a whole lot better. But we tend to, like, tell God about our situation. We need to tell our situation about our God. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have to say. I thank you for the the opportunity to speak. All right. Well, thank you for speaking. We appreciate it. Um, And thank you for sharing that. Um, As we were saying at the top of the show, uh, we want to give away some tickets. Um, we got another opportunity right now to do so. All you have to do is text the word classic to the number 37890. Again, text the word classic to the number 37890. Uh, we're talking about tickets to the Circle City Classic, of course, coming up on Saturday, September 23rd. If you win, 
Uh, you're going to receive a pair of tickets to the Circle City Classic football game featuring Mississippi Valley State University and North Carolina Central University. Again, Saturday, September 23rd at the Lucas Oil Stadium in downtown Indianapolis. Tickets for Classic are now on sale at the Lucas Oil box office and at Ticketmaster.com. But if you want some free ones and you want your chance to get some free ones, all you have to do is text the word Classic to the number 37890 for your chance to win two tickets to this year's Circle City classic um the conversation that we just had more or less kind of it, it kind of segues into what we're going to be talking about with with our next guest and they are with an organization that has a unique approach to helping youth succeed despite the odds and it's centered around a bicycle yeah a bike Simple as that. Uh, joining us now are Lanisha Clark, Executive Director of Free Will and Bikes, and Miles Johnson, Chair of the Board of Directors for Free Will and Bikes. Uh, Ms. Clark, uh, Mr. Johnson, welcome to Community Connection. So how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know how much of our last conversation you heard, but folks are concerned about the status of, 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 the, of Indianapolis, of course, in the world, and especially our young people. Everybody's very, very concerned about the young, as you are. So tell us what freewheeling uh, bikes is and how, how does it work? Okay. Um, uh, so freewheeling community bikes is um, a nonprofit bike shop. We are a community bike shop and so we want to make sure that everyone has access to affordable bicycles so the whole community um, and with that we have a full service bike shop the bicycle uh, the bike shop the general uh, donations from the community all that combined allows us to provide youth programming so bike centered programming for young people between the ages of 8 and 18 who live in the Indianapolis area mm-hmm. So um, how we see this is that transportation is a part of the cycle of issues, right? Part of the poverty cycle. And so providing affordable transportation, hopefully we're helping some Minneapolis concerns. And at the same time, we are teaching young people uh, STEM skills as well as hopefully a trade. Um, so and, and hopefully by them being in our programming and learning these skills, they're making good decisions. They have a safe place to go, um, have access to mentors, and that will reflect in both their school, their home, and their actions in the community. So, so how does it work? How, how does the student become involved, and in, in what, what all is included in, in uh, I guess, participation in the program? Sure. So uh, it's open enrollment. We have a website, and uh, parents can express their interest there or a guardian. Sometimes the students themselves, they have just walked in to the bike shop and said, hey, we want to sign up. But really, it's just that interest. So we have moved to a full-year kind of schedule where after school, so during school year, we have after-school programming where they can come in and actually work in a uh, bike shop setting. So we have stands and bikes and tools and all the parts they would need to tinker on a bike and learn about the bike. Um, so during after school, they can come for two hours a day over a seven-week course or uh, several weeks. And then after 16 hours, they can actually earn um, a sort of, sort of like a certification, but it's not. But they earn um, a level of completion in which they can continue to move on and learn more advanced skills. So um, along the way, they not only get this, um, we do aprons, 
So they can earn a, a higher level apron. We start at yellow. We work our way up from green to red to purple and similar to martial arts. When you get to a black apron, you should be at a mastery level and be employable at any bike shop. And as an incentive for completing that first level and becoming a quote unquote green apron, they earn a bike where we actually give them, um, it won't be new out of the box, but it is bike shop quality refurbished bike, a helmet, a lock, and a light. And we hope that they're going to go out and have reliable transportation to get to school, to get to work, um, or to just for recreation. It, um, Mr. Johnson, it's, it's something as simple as a bicycle and, and maybe repairing a flat tire or putting a chain back on uh back on the rack uh the the, the spool there uh, it it seems simple but there's so much there uh it sounds like yeah I, as, as lanisha was expressing um i think that uh you know the bike is a pretty simple mechanical uh, idea and machine but that it what goes around it is what makes freewheeling so transmor so transformative for the youth in our central Indianapolis community. And um, as simple as it sounds, as a bike, as two wheels to provide access to get to where you want to go to provide better access to better lives. But what I really think about is that value in helping these kids make the most of that time after schools where they're surrounded by positive youth adult mentoring environment where we're empowering these youth as leaders who want to give back to their communities, where we are providing that learning shop skills, customer facing shop interactive environment uh, that really helps them learn, develop resiliency and persistence and, 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 and really prepare them for, um, uh, for their, for their, for their professional lives. Yeah. So some success stories or stories that were more promising than not that you could possibly share with us uh, to give us an example of how well this, this, this idea works. I know I have an example. Okay, uh, great. Lanisha, Lanisha, do you have something in mind or do you mind me sharing? Uh, um, yeah, I've got you... stories. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. All right, Lanisha, you first. I, I like to brag when people come in, um, we just start right at the bike shop. We have several um, bike shop employees who started as young people at the age of 10, 11, who came in curious. A lot of them will self-admittedly say, hey, my mom said I was playing too many video games. Got to get up, got to do something. <laughs> and from that, they come in, they get interested in bikes. They didn't know they had that. And now, for example, we have a young man who's been with us since he was 10. He's worked his way up through the apron program, became a master level bike mechanic now is employed in our shop and is on his way through the managerial program. And we've had several of that. We've had some of our students work their way up and become directors, mm-hmm. uh, director levels in the organization. So just kind of seeing like the, the pipeline and how the program works and just loving to celebrate their success. So, again, we have several that have, have just stuck with it and grown in the organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Johnson, you said you had... Yeah, one of the examples that I remember uh, as I've been a part of the organization for, for years from, from, you know, my interest in cycling, I race and ride competitively here in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the, 
maybe if you have listeners that kind of saw what was happening uh, about two weekends ago downtown on Mass Ave and and just north of downtown with the Indie Crit and the Mass Ave Criterium. Yes. Um, there are we have a vibrant racing and, and cycling city here, and one of the freewheeling case studies and, and great examples was a guy, Diego, who was an assistant manager of, 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 of retail operations, and he was our, 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 our wonderful apron program uh, participant, worked with our group for a while after he finished the program, and then got a full-time uh job with another larger global bicycle company called SRAM. Uh, Zip SRAM based what was based here in Indianapolis, making mm-hmm. high-end racing wheels for bicycles, where he's now a senior dealer service specialist, um, mm-hmm. selling and, and, and catering to high-end retail bike shops all across the, uh, the, the globe. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was just one of the things that I wanted to share about how we are building this professional background and skills for kids in our community who are then exposed to a lot more out there in the world and and uh and that's what really makes us you know you know th- this is encouraging to know that it exists because we you know i don't know if you heard how much of it you heard but there's so many people out there who in the community who are concerned uh, about our youth who are frustrated about what is perceived to be lack of opportunities, lack of of things for for young people to do, and not to say that uh, freewheeling is a be all end all, but it's one of the many lanes that are out there that can be chosen. That simply, you know, that certainly uh, can excuse me can help uh, the right child given the right circumstances. And so it's something that we have to keep. You know, I I think we as humans always try to find that one, you know, just try to find one great big thing as opposed to understanding that, you know, when you, you talk about it takes a village to raise, you know, one, it takes a number of ideas that are out there available for these young people to have to choose from. And this is certainly one of them, and it's a viable, uh, positive opportunity to turn some things around for certain youngsters uh, that, like you say, may be disappearing into a world of uh, video games or, or worse. Um, and the, the life skills, it sounds like, that they're learning. Right. Um, and, and I definitely think that the that time frame that we that we run our programming our apprenticeship opportunities is so vital after you know after that last bell rings and the and last period of school gets out we are we are catering to that need and and that time frame in keeping these youth busy and occupied and training and teaching and, and giving them uh, skills to enrich the world and and that's something that I truly find most valuable about our program at Freewheeling. Yeah. And these skills can be found in the most unlikely of places. Just like you say, I never would have thought a bicycle uh, could have been so valuable in, in life skills and things of, of that nature in terms of what you're talking about, but it can. Uh, you just have to have somebody there to, um, to 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 be there with the youngsters and to show them that this is the way it should be. So you're you're having your um, signature event called Nancy's Ride coming up in in a, in a week or two, a couple of weeks. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So Nancy's Ride is the name of our annual uh, 
community bike ride, and that is in honor of our founder, Nancy Stimson. Um, she absolutely was on fire for two things, young people, especially young people in Indianapolis, and bikes. And so together that created Free Will and Bikes. Um, we unfortunately lost Nancy to cancer um, some time ago, and this ride is in honor of her. So uh, September the 23rd, um, registration starts at 8. The event will start at 9. Uh, we all get together at Tab Presbyterian Church parking lot, which is um, a church that has been a longtime partner of ours since we were started and um, is across the street from Free Will and Bikes, so a neighbor. And uh, we gather in the parking lot there. We're going to have music. We'll have games. We'll have activities for the family. And then around uh, 10 or so, we will start riding. So we'll have ride leaders and different uh i tell people you can choose your own adventure mm-hmm. we'll have four routes three will be longer so for those who want to get out and really ride 17 to 23 miles we have three routes there mm-hmm. going in different directions north uh, west and east of that location at tab and then we'll have a family ride because that's what we're centered around the young people so family um, will have a shorter ride that one's about six miles and um, everyone will go and ride come back um, we'll have more music. We'll have lunch and enjoy each other's company. Yeah, yeah. So what do what do you have to do to become a part of that? I mean, this this is a big. You're a not for profit, obviously. So it's it's your annual fundraiser, which is good. I mean, because every organization needs a an annual fundraiser. Uh, so so how can people sign up, participate, or get you know get involved in the the ride and the organization itself? Right. Well, great. So. So anyone who would like to come and ride with Nancy's Drive, we would love to see you. Come say hi. Sign up through our website, um, Free Willin Bikes. And there's no G on Free Willin. So it's F-R-E-E-W. I was trying not to say the G, but it's hard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I I know, especially when it comes to the website. If you put yeah. in the G, it's you'll free wheeling. 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 Uh, yeah, like a Lynn. Wheeling. Yes, free wheeling bikes. Mm-hmm. dot org um, slash Nancy's ride. Yeah. Um, we'll actually get you directly to the website. While you're on the website, there are opportunities to volunteer um, and get engaged with with us that way. Um, if you're interested in signing up for a class, that is also available. So our website does have those opportunities all available. Yeah. Um, so tell me, tell me about the spelling and the deliberate dropping of the letter G behind free will. How what how did that come to be? That's a really good question. <laughs> I really think it's just a—it's really a more of a fun play on uh, being out and free willing. That's that's kind of a you know that's a thing. Just being out and being free, and mm-hmm. so um, that unless Miles has more history to it. Um, it really is for those that have been around the bike yeah. shop. That is just really our vibe. It's but just, it just really sums us just up. The vibe, yeah. I, and it's spe- just our vibe. Speaking of vibe, I mean, I when I was younger, back in nineteen nothing, uh, you know, our bicycles were everything, and um, they, they it, uh, having a bike and having the bike that was it. That was everything, and you knew about uh, girls and boys. You know, it didn't matter if you were a boy or a girl. You had to know how to if you chain came off you were riding too fast and the chain came off you had to know how to get it back on there if you you had a flat you always kept a a, a pump or a, and a needle or what have you uh you just always knew about different things and then you know you always kept a regular bike and if you could 
you know, one of the bikes with all the different speeds on it, if you could, if you had one of those. And it was just like, that was just, that was just it. Nobody ever gave it a second thought that you didn't have one. Everybody had a bicycle. So uh, I I don't know what happened to that, that sense of, because bicycles created, when I was growing up, it created a sense of community, if you will. Um, right. You know, Absolutely. everything I, around our bikes, yes, it just all created. And then you parked them a certain spot when you went to certain areas. And then you went back and everybody got on their bike. It was just, it just was. And so I don't even know. Wow. I don't know what happened to that. These kids. Don't. We want to keep that going. We definitely want to keep that going. Yeah, yeah. When my son was little, he wanted power wheels. I said, you want a bike? You don't want power wheels you know the it, when i power wheels you know those little uh, motorized uh vehicles that you press on the pedal and it, it goes you know and it's just a little motorized vehicle and uh you know when my brothers were younger they they really liked their big wheels because they could get into more trouble with their big wheels because they were smaller and more uh <laughs> you know you could get around the different things a little bit better but yeah my my son who's now 28 he that was one of the first things he had. He didn't ask for a tricycle or I mean, he got one eventually and, and rode it. But one of the first things he had, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what's what's happening? What's happening? We don't want power wheels to take over bikes. But in some ways, I think they're sharing the stage with it now. So uh, but the power wheels aren't as they were they were limited, you know, because you had to charge the battery. And then you can only ride them so so far. Bicycles, you can go wherever you want to go. No battery, no anything. Just you. I think, I think we have a great, Absolutely. yeah, we have a great uh, network here at Successful in Indianapolis um, and that we really wanted to bring this and mm-hmm. keep this foothold mm-hmm. in the cycling community for, for youth and that our programs, mm-hmm. one of the symptoms is keeping that front and center mm-hmm. and great escape yeah. for, for our kids to, to get outside. To, to become uh, a place to connect with other people. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, as uh, as we provide the accompanying services. The accompanying services, yeah. Training mm-hmm. around this bike, um, that's what that's what also is that two-pronged approach where it's fun, we're, we're with kids, we're riding bikes, but we're also learning how, um, how we become bike mechanics. Yeah. And sales and, and sales personnel and and customer facing mm-hmm. uh, professionals and and that's what makes us uh, such a great uh, such a great group here in our city. Yeah, bicycles definitely keep you outside and they definitely keep you engaged with others. You know, in the community, they they really do. That's a that's a neat aspect of it. Uh, and and you know what, the interesting thing too, especially for minority children, uh, children of color, is that here in Indianapolis, you have a special example of uh, cycling, uh, overcoming obstacles, and things of that in uh, the, the, the story of Major Taylor, uh, Marshall Major Taylor, uh, in the velodrome. Now, not everybody wants to race a bicycle, but the fact that he was so good with a bicycle uh, and had other, you know, other things to overcome, that's, that's a teachable example right here in the city, I would think, that other cities may not necessarily have um, uh, as an example. I, I, I do think do. that. Oh, sorry, Lenisha. Go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. I was just agreeing. Agreeing, and, and that I wanted to definitely focus on. I, w- I was just remembering from our annual report um, that the participants in our programming, um, about seventy percent minority uh, participant demographics, uh, and those 
95% living in our Indianapolis, Marion County area. And so we want to, to definitely um, make, you know, those who are curious, make them feel comfortable in being part of the group right away and that, you know, our communication and, and connections with our team and our programming leadership, uh, we, we know how to make this class, the, this program, such a great booster for confidence in it and, and makes that enthusiasm for cycling uh, crank forward with every pedal stroke. Yeah. Well, freewheeling, wheeling, <laughs> freewheeling is, is the name. Uh, don't forget that. No G. Uh, and again, uh, the website, uh, thank you all for all that you're doing. This, this is a very unique uh, program but, and a good one. And like I said, the more we can get out there and, and, and spread the word about, it, I think the better we're going to be as a community. And this is certainly uh, one of the better things we have in our community for our young people. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. And, and again, the number, website, and information if folks want to become a part of the organization or if you just want to join Nancy's Right. Yeah. Check us out. Again, freewheelingbikes, no G, dot org. Um, and then on Facebook and Instagram, uh, we're just uh, FWC Bikes. Okay. Miles Johnson, Lin is it Lanisha? I'm sorry, I said Lanisha, and I apologize. I heard Miles say Lanisha. It's Lanisha Clark. Lanisha. Thank yeah. you. I will get it right. I got it right. Lanisha Clark. Miles Johnson and Lanisha Clark, both thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us on Community Connection. Uh, good luck with the ride coming up in a couple of weeks. And, uh, hey, maybe we can have you back sometime. Would be great, Tina. We'd love it. So much. All right. Thank you both for coming on. We appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, uh, again, that's a, that's a great organization, a neat time, uh, a neat idea. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I was saying, you know, we, we're, we're often looking for things to help with our young people, and we're often heard quoting others as there's not enough for our young people to do. There are a lot of things. We just have to seek it out, and sometimes we don't know where to look, and sometimes we don't know how to look. Uh, and that's uh, one of the beauties of uh, the ability to sit here behind the microphone on this show, is that when something like this comes up that we can share, we love to do that. So um, anything that will help just in the least, in a little bit, you know, hopefully maybe just if there's just one child that was helped today uh, with that, um, then, then we're getting someplace. So um, um, so thanks for indulging us on that. I, I thought that was really neat. I, th I still think it's really neat. And anyway, um, our, their website is going to be on our website, praiseindy.com. Uh, uh, we are about to start our weekly segment with our good buddy, uh, Danny Bridges from the Indianapolis Recorder. Uh, Danny could not be here on a better day if you are an NFL fan because it all kicks off tonight. Uh, we're going to, you know, check in with Danny and a couple of other things uh, when he joins us probably just moments from now. So let's go ahead and take a break and uh, we'll be right back with more Community Connection and Danny Bridges right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Time now for sports with Danny Bridges from the Indianapolis Recorder. Good afternoon. Oh, 
good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. It is the most wonderful time of the year for a lot of NFL fans, is it not? It is, and uh, <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the day for me because I just finished having lunch with a beautiful young lady who recently put her cancer in the rearview mirror. <sighs> She's off the chemotherapy. Wonderful. She looks gorgeous today, so... Shout out to Estevich, a longtime friend and a great lady who has uh, checked off the box against cancer and said, you know what, I don't have time for cancer. I'm getting rid of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And ring that bell, I'm sure. Good for her. Absolutely. She what did you all have? Uh-huh. She looks great. I, I settled for a cheeseburger, but uh, you and your cheeseburgers, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> why not? It was a good. It was good chop, chop beef, but uh, it's just nice to have lunch with someone so inspiring. It really is, and good for her. We are so happy for her. Yeah, so. there's a lot more important than sports, but Absolutely. certainly we're going to talk a little bit of sports while we're at it. Yeah, well, why not, why not, why not? Um, tonight, uh, the NFL season kicks off with the primetime uh, game featuring the Col- no, Colts, good, we wish, uh, featuring the Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that's uh, Be that as it may, the Colts don't have their uh, kickoff until Sunday at 1 against Jacksonville, so... Um, yeah, that's going to be opening day here. Your um, your column this week in the Indianapolis Recorder is another good one. Um, but well, but thank he, you. He, he, this is a line that <laughs> it says Danny Bridges, who was both impressed and confused by the resolve that Colts fans continue to demonstrate year after year, can be reached at, and then had the number and then your your email address. Yeah, so. <laughs> I just think the Colts fan base is highly. I'm sure the organization appreciates it, but look, there are rabid NFL fans around the globe and certainly here domestically in North America and the United States, but the Colts fans have been through a lot since their last Super Bowl appearance, and they haven't wavered. Um, There's going to be a good crowd on hand Sunday, and they're going to have their jerseys on, and they're going to have their faces painted blue, and they're uh, going to pay whatever it costs to park, and they're going to drink a beer and enjoy themselves, and that's what it's all about. I just hope that this organization will continue the process of developing a team that they can be proud of. And I, and I, as I said in that article, these guys can do one thing, regardless of whatever the lack of talent or lack of experience may be, is they can play hard every down. They can leave it on the field, and they can make it hard for people to beat them as hard as possible. Look, you can't hide a lack of talent on a football field. It will get you every time. But there's also something to be said for uh, enthusiasm, spirit, drive, um, attitude, uh, work Mm -hmm. ethic, and what have you. There's no reason in the world the Colts should be outworked by any team. Out-talented? Yes. Outworked? No. And I'm just hoping that um, they give Brother Richardson a chance to throw the football and not be running for his life. And uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case if you look at last year's offensive line performance. But to your point, you're absolutely right. This time of year is is big. College football kicked off last weekend. They've got big games this weekend as well. And, and the NFL is upon us. And the NFL is the biggest uh, spectator sport in America. And you'll find out tonight. I'm sure the Thursday night TV numbers will be enormous. Mm-hmm. They will be. Well, the, the headline to your article, and we encourage everyone to go get it and uh, read it, go online or pick up a copy of the recorder, is opening day is here and the Colts aren't close to being ready. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think 
uh, I'm sorry, continue. They're, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. They're, I, I can't fault any player who's injured, mm-hmm. especially if that injury took place on the playing field. Um, Darius, I'm sorry, I keep calling him Darius. It's Shaquille Leonard. And mm-hmm. I apologize, Mr. Leonard. I don't want you to be mad at me. Of all people, that could get ugly real quick. But <laughs> seriously, Shaquille Leonard is in the concussion protocol. Uh, I'm still not 100% convinced that his back is ready to go. You know, I have minor back pain from time to time, nothing like he's went through. And a bad back in the NFL certainly does not mix. And I just wonder how how, how close to health he may be in terms of his back. But the concussion obviously supersedes that. Hats off to the Colts medical staff. Hats off to the NFL protocol that's prohibited him from playing right now because I know he wants to play. And I know he will play as soon as he can. But when you're a competitive athlete, you want to be on the field all the time. And I'm sure it's driving him nuts. But they're taking the safe way with him. They're taking the required way with him. And mm-hmm. that just hurts. When you combine that with no Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, as I said in the article, Anthony Richardson's going to be handing the ball off to a number of guys that, that nobody really knows about. Maybe one of those guys will surprise us and they will give him some much-needed relief in the backfield. But when you don't have a lot of talent, when you don't have a lot of depth, it really hurts when you've got injuries to key players. Mm. It does indeed. It does indeed. So um, your projections haven't changed since uh, last time we talked about the Colts? No. Well, I think I said they'd win, win, what, five games? Did I say that? Mm. You said four to Yeah, about four or five, I guess. Yeah, yeah well, I'll stick with five. And I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong. It'd be great for the community for me to be wrong. It'd be great for the Colts organization if I'm wrong. And uh, if I am, I'll admit it. If they they surprise me and they play uh, at a higher clip than that, I'll be the first to say, hey, I was wrong about this bunch. Good for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, their schedule isn't as daunting as one might think. You see some names on there from programs historically that have been stellar. But it's the third easiest schedule in the league, according to the percentages from last season, the winning percentages of teams that are on their schedule this year. So maybe that'll help a little bit. But uh, I just think the offensive line is the key for this football team right now. Can they give this young man time to drop back to throw? He's going to need time to throw deep. They don't have a lot of receivers. In fact, they don't have any receivers that can really create separation and get deep down the field. And they're going to need some of that extra time to throw for this young man. I keep putting the focus on him, but why not? He's an incredible athlete. He's got an arm. Uh, boy, can he run, and he's going to have to. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens when he's doing it for real here this Sunday. Yeah, it's always it's always going to be interesting. Uh, but he, you know, he's he going to develop. So enthusiastic about all this. Well, you know, I <laughs> the the Colts. You, you have to use a guarded optimism, I guess, is what they call it. So, um, and I, and I'm guarded, you know, guardedly optimistic for the Colts. I just I I just don't know, and I guess none of us will know until we see all the pieces going together and how they will or will not. Well, um, I always I always tell people when. You know, similar to that philosophy you just mentioned. What did they do last year? What did they do in the offseason to improve? Mm-hmm. Whether it be trades or free agents or drafting, what have you. And where are they at when you line them up? And who's injured? Mm-hmm. And they're not checking too many of those boxes right now, except for the injury box and the inexperienced box. That's not a good tonic for 
playoff football. I know I'm getting the cart way in front of the horse when I start talking about playoffs. Remind me the old Jim Mora mm-hmm. uh, clip of video when they were talking about playoffs. But I, uh, I think this team may be able to provide a little bit of excitement. Can they hang in there? Can they make games competitive? Will they play hard mm-hmm. every down? Those are important things when you're not winning. Yeah. You know, the, the product can be less than playoff caliber, but on the other hand, how hard did you push? How hard did you make it for your opponent to come into your house and win a football game? Those are important things. Yeah. And uh, we're going to find out firsthand on Sunday. This is not a daunting opponent, but it's a team that's better than the Colts, a team that the Colts have had trouble with, especially in Jacksonville. And they've got a young, talented quarterback of their own. So Trevor Lawrence is a threat to throw the football deep every down, and they're going to have to be ready for that. And I'm just not so sure the secondary is up to the task. Yeah, indeed. Um, the, uh, well, anyway, uh, well, let's let's hope that the Colts uh, um, you know, are respected. Don't prove me wrong. I'd, I'd love to be incorrect. I'd love to come on to your show and tell all your listeners, hey, I'm a dummy. Well, I was, I'd, I'd love to be more enthused. You know, like I said, I'd love to let go of my guardedness. I in the studio to check for your pulse. You sound like you're about ready to go to sleep. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, it's just that it's, it. I don't know. They, they just haven't given us a whole lot to. Uh, Here's what it is, Tina. Mm-hmm. Let me take the gloves off for you. Mm-hmm. You're a big football fan. You love football, collegiate and professional. We know mm-hmm. this from talking over time. Uh, you've had people in your family pr- play at a high level as well. So you're very interested in the game, and you're, you're a, you are a Colts fan. You want them to do well. The community mm-hmm. is always more vibrant when their sports franchises mm-hmm. are doing well. And uh, you don't live vicariously through it like a lot of people do, but you're, you, uh, you're aware of what's going on, and, and you know when you see good football, you know when you see bad football. You're, mm-hmm. you're not silly about all that. You're, you're an educated fan so oh, well thank uh, you that's far, get, far too I get kind why you're not enthusiastic but, uh, <laughs> i haven't buried them yet but i do have the shovel ready okay i got you hey you know what though last week when we last talked we were talking about the start of college college football right. and uh, we were talking about the games that we were going to be watching you said one of the games i want to see and i'm going to be keeping a real close eye on yeah. is uh colorado and tcu and i'm like right. oh yeah 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 that's Dion. Sanders debut and everybody was projecting or predicting that Dion and his team would get run off the field. Quite the opposite. Coach Prime brought it. Him now it wasn't exactly a defensive struggle. It wasn't a defensive yeah, struggle because there was a different perspective on the, how that game transpired. Oh, you are. Oh, well, I guess I, mean, I was first, just sitting on the side no, cheering. You know, no, they, it was yeah, the runner-up, the national champion runner-up, runners-up, and the, this well, team that not even ranked. You know, I just thought. That I it's I was glad to see the win. Yeah, accomplished. Time you go on the road and win a football game. Absolutely. Yeah. And certainly, he's turned some things upside down in terms of returning players, players that he mm-hmm. recruited through the transfer portal, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. A couple of things. First of all, they gave up 42 points on the road. That's, that's what you I said. Lose a football game yeah. when that happens. Yeah. Number two, this TCU team is a shell of its of the team from last year. Let's just keep that in perspective. But. To your point specifically, big win for Colorado. Mm-hmm. A hell of a performance for his son to throw for over 500 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some skill talent. There's no question. Mm-hmm. I'll be more interested in seeing when they play better opponents. TCU last year 
was a good football team. Mm -hmm. They were a great football team. They've dropped quite a bit from that period of time, both graduation, transfer portal. Mm -hmm. It happens in college football. It's hard to be really good every year. Mm -hmm. You have to give Colorado credit for two things. Went on the road, won a football game, and number two, from where they were at last year and where they're at right now. So hats Mm -hmm. off to Coach Sanders. I think from time to time he's a little bit too dramatic, a little bit too much flair. But <laughs> Wait a minute. From day one, the day he was drafted with all the bling that he had on yeah. on draft day, he has uh, not I, changed. I mean, is I anybody surprised? I wonder about that. I understand that his jewelry is expensive, and I'm, it's it's legitimate in that mm-hmm. area, but mm-hmm. that, that chain he wears looks like a timing chain <laughs> off of a 57 Chevy. That's so it might be. On the other hand, well, no, it's still just like just, yeah, I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. He's got the money to buy mm-hmm. nice jewelry, and it looks good on him. I'll just leave it at that, okay? Mm-hmm. But but I'm just saying, no one should be surprised that this man is ostentatious. No, absolutely not. In, in, the bravado, the yes. cockiness, the uh, I told you so type thing. Mm-hmm. Quite, He's quite a motivator. I, I'm, I'm going to give him that, too. But like I was saying, it wasn't exactly a defensive struggle because TCU gave up at home gave up 40 some points and then they gave up 40 some points on the road. So I think two things factor in number one, Colorado's a little bit better than we thought. And number two, TCU is, is a shell of the, of the team from last year. But the point is they won the football game on the road and it was an impressive victory and a hell of a debut at division one power conference for uh, Deion Sanders. So yeah. I'll keep an eye on them. They've got a pretty healthy schedule. I'd like to, if you're going to give this thing a grade, let's grade it midterm and then after the season rather than just a small sample size. But uh, It felt good. good. I felt good. So I'm sorry. It felt good Saturday. That's all. I'm, no, no, it was a feel-good moment. Argue that. I wouldn't yeah. argue that at all. Yeah. I'm not a big college fan, mm-hmm. and I'm not specifically a Deion Sanders fan. I was more mm-hmm. impressed when he played baseball than when he played football. I thought he was a better baseball player than he was a football player. That's quite a statement considering he was a – heck of a defensive back when he was playing professional football, but when he played for the Reds and for the Yankees both, I thought that he was a phenomenal baseball player. Again, I thought baseball was his best sport. People look at me, oh, you're crazy. Well, when you can go from first to third on a single, when you can make a catch in the outfield, when the ball's hit wherever your head and make it look routine, when you Mm -hmm. can hit for average and hit home runs, you're a pretty good baseball player, and that's what he was. Mm, Indeed. Okay, I'll take you there. Hey, uh, speaking of you called a couple of things. I don't, I don't know about Miles at, at this particular point, but called a couple of things uh, in, in, in auto racing. Uh, right. you, you were so excited. See, talk about I, a feel-good I moment. I am. I, I was so yeah. excited about Miles Rowe. Miles Rowe, yeah. Tell us about that. Well, he, he won the uh, USF Pro 2000 Series, which is a feeder series to the Indy cars. He's going to drive the second-tier series next year, the Indy Next Series, as it's called. And uh, Miles is on the right track, I think you're going to see Miles Roll one day drive the Indianapolis 500. I, that's how confident I am in this young man's abilities. I think he has got all the tools. He's articulate. He's intelligent. He's extremely talented. He's grounded. He's had good parenting. He's got good people like Rod Reed, his race strategist and race principal for that team. Um, he's in the Penske pipeline. That doesn't hurt anything at all. And I just feel like Miles Rowe is something special. I enjoy talking with him. He's always so polite, and he is so um, he's just so grounded. Could you imagine being that age and having all those accolades, a college degree, and winning a, a an open wheel championship in the United States? The first African American to do that. Um, but he's not that caught up in it. He's like I said, very grounded individual. 
a pleasure to be around. I think he's a sponsor's dream myself. It'll be interesting to see how that develops. Can you imagine a young man of that caliber, of that character, of that integrity endorsing your products? That's a, that's a marriage in heaven, isn't it? It is. How did you say again? I don't think he's old enough to drink yet. If, if he did, he just turned 21. I didn't think he was. I, yeah, I thought he was pretty young, too. He's Yeah, he's just, I think he's still 20. But, you know, that that's incredible to think, hey, what'd you do last week? Well, I was driving a race car and winning a championship. <laughs> oh, okay. we, were trying to get, we were trying to get into a bar with a fake ID. Oh, no, I didn't have time for that. I was winning a, was winning a major auto race series. But, mm, uh, yeah. He's, he's a special guy. Speaking, Speaking of, of special guys, yeah, you've been calling this guy's name for the top of the heap for the longest, and guess what? Alex Pillow is your current IndyCar champion. This is his second time around. I'm not going to Monterey this weekend for the final race of the year because, as predicted, he wrapped it up in Portland. The drama, the air is out of the balloon for IndyCar, in my opinion. It's been a great season. He's a great competitor, and uh, I just think he, I wouldn't be surprised for him to win a Laguna Seca. He, he dominated the race there last year. He's that good, which is why Chip Ganassi fought tooth and nail to resign him. Is he, is he back with, is he back with Chip? Steal him away. Yeah, is he back with Chip Ganassi, or has he, he decided? He be back with Chip Ganassi last year. And I think the one mistake that Zach Brown of McLaren Racing made was just not giving Alex Pillow a guaranteed form of the one mm-hmm. seat. Mm-hmm. Next season, if he'd have done that, he'd be he'd be driving for McLaren in Formula is, One next year. Is that his is that his aspiration yeah, to get is, to Formula One? And don't be surprised if uh, when the Andretti Formula One team comes together, that Alex Plow will get some play there as well. I think Colton Herta is their main driver, but or their main choice because he's on their roster currently. But Alex Plow's on everyone's radar in Formula One who might be looking for a driver. The problem is most of these drivers are locked into contracts that are very lucrative, but contracts can be broken. Guys can be bought out. Alex mm-hmm. Pillow will drive Formula One someday, and I predict he'll do very well. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he does quite well. Quite. Yeah. Speaking of, of well, uh, I, I sent you this. This was a fun little thing. Uh, regarding our Pacers fans. And they uh, scored quite highly in terms of the annoyance meter. You want to, did you read that article? I read that. I thought about the two kids that got kicked out over the LeBron James situation, if you recall that. That was was somewhat annoying to me and maybe not annoying to the the other teams. Mm -hmm. Look, the Pacers, uh, I think, you know, the bottom line is I've never really seen any really bad incidents at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. That's a credit to security. That's a credit to the in- integrity and character of the young men they put on the floor. And the referees take, usually do a pretty good job of keeping things from getting out of hand. But uh, as I sit here outdoors in the wind thinking about what you just said, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather see the Pacers uh, higher on other types of lists. Yeah. With that one. I'll just leave it well, at that. Okay. That was about as high as I get. And in case you don't know what we're talking about, there was a, an organization that, I don't know, went to the... Uh, uh, the trouble of trying to find the most and least annoying fans in the NBA. And the Pacers were second from last, I do believe, in terms of least. So the Pacers were basic, Pacer fans are basically among tops in the least annoying fans, meaning they behave themselves. They're, they're a pleasure to be around. The most annoying fans, I do believe, were L.A. Laker fans, were they not? Was that most annoying? That's what they said. I, That's what I they don't said. know how the stats were. Con- yeah, and I don't know how the data was collected. See, if I'm a Pacer fan, I'd rather see us higher on the, some other type of list. Yeah, well, you know what? It might show a little more spirit. You're right. Yeah, or a different, uh, if they were annoying. Or, again, what are they? The, we got to have more to be annoying about. We got to be 
fighting for our Pacers. So uh, well, instead of just tolerating it. Point, we've got a lot of young players, and with youth, it comes with youth and talent comes enthusiasm, mm-hmm. and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I'm not convinced that uh, the project is over as far as uh, revamping the team. But then again, it never really is in the NBA. You're always reloading, you're always looking to get better. But it'll be interesting to see what the Pacers are all about. Yeah, indeed. So what else you got going on, Danny? You going to well, just be quiet weekend? Not, or? No, go ahead. Well, if you think about it, the Colts have got a phenomenal opportunity for their fans tomorrow. Jim Ursay. Oh, yeah, yeah. The collection will be will be on display again tomorrow in the concourse at Lucas Oil Stadium. And he's also throwing a world-class rock and roll concert. <laughs> All that stuff is free. Would you like to see James Brown's cape, Muhammad Ali's boxing gloves, and his robe? Well, if you do, go down to Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow after 4 o'clock and walk through the outer concourse and look at this unbelievable eclectic collection. The Jim Mercy has put together. Wow, where where does he where does he house this collection? Good question, because there's so many things. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's a really good question. I have no idea. I know some of them are at his residence, some are in his office. Mm-hmm. I know he's but they're got all going to be in Indianapolis downtown tomorrow at the, the Lucas Oil Stadium. I've seen this collection. I can't wait to see it again because I know I probably missed something. But keep in mind, you've got Abraham Lincoln's pocket knife, John F. Kennedy's Stetson hat. Uh, you've got a, a lot of artifacts. Again, I I thought the cool stuff was like seeing James Brown's cape, Muhammad Ali's boxing gloves, John mm. Lennon's sunglasses. I mean, the list goes on and on. A world class collection of guitars from. I was going to say I, I knew he had knew he had guitars. Yeah, mm. from various heavyweights. I mean, he's paid millions of dollars for his guitar collection and. I happen to think it's really nice of him to let me come by and look at it for free. <laughs> it is. And all the fans can come by. And, and there's no admission to Lucas Oil tomorrow, right? Tomorrow afternoon. The, the concert you have to have a ticket for, but you can go through the Jim Mercer collection for no charge tomorrow. Just show up and go oh. in and walk, look at it all over. Oh, I thought the concert was free. The concert is free. And so is the, but you have to have a ticket. That was, oh, I see. That was issued for the concert. The tickets were free. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the artifacts and the collection themselves... They're 100% free and 100% available for public viewing tomorrow after 4 o'clock. Wow. That's what you were talking about, Danny. That's exa- That's a prime example of what you were talking about, getting fans involved and not just cheaper things, free things. And this is a – they, they heard you. Second year in a row for him, so this is incredible. It is incredible. Well, Danny, thank you again for visiting with us. And, uh, hey, go Colts. And, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how it turns out on the other side when we talk to you again. So Thank you so much for the chance. We'll see you next week. And uh, – Hopefully the Colts will be 1-0 and not 0-1. We can only hope. All right. Thank you so much, Danny. Thanks. Again, you too. Danny Bridges, sports writer for uh, our friends over there at the Indianapolis Recorder. That is all of the time we have for right now. But again, a, another reminder, a programming note. Tomorrow a special two-hour show in observance of World Suicide Prevention Day and National Suicide Prevention Month. As we all know, September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. It's also a time when we take one day to stop the music and focus solely on suicide prevention and the importance of mental wellness. It is always a great conversation and an important one. So we hope you'll make plans to be a part of that show with us tomorrow. Uh, That is coming up tomorrow, starting at 1 o'clock right here on Community Connection. Again, that's all the time we 
have for right now. We're always praise AM 1310 and 95.1 FM Indies Inspiration. Don't forget about our website, praiseindy.com. Willie Moore Jr. on the radio is up next. Thank you as always for listening. We'll talk again tomorrow during our Stop the Music special conversation. As always, until then, please be safe and be well. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection.